After finding the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, Touchline Thoughts would like to take a few moments to acknowledge the land we are on. We pass on our deepest respect and love to the lost children and their families, as well as the Indigenous, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples who through the history of Canada have undeservingly lost their lands and lost their voices in our country. As we record this podcast, guests and ourselves reside in three major cities in Ontario. We acknowledge each one of them now. We would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather and which the region of Peel operates is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land. In particular, we acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, the Ojibwe, Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently, the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. We are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land, and by doing so, give our respect to its first inhabitants. We acknowledge the land on which the City of Toronto resides as a traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by the Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. In Ottawa, we acknowledge that we are standing on unceded Algonquin, Anishinaabek territory. They are the past and present caretakers of the waterways and the land that we call Ottawa. We are grateful to have the opportunity to be present in this territory. Now, over to your new Touchline Thoughts episode. Welcome back to Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm Paige Culver. This is episode 33. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with our friend. How, How are you? How's it going? It's going well. Um, I'm excited. We had a, a good morning and uh, we'll drop something a little later this week because um, I'm wearing the same clothes. So that might just give yeah. it away of what we were doing. So, um, but yeah, yeah I'm doing some... well. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. So this morning was great. We got some special stuff for you guys, for our listeners. So uh, we'll get that out to you later this week. And yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. In today's episode, we're going to talk Euros because that's the biggest thing going on at the moment. And we will go back to the off the bench to capture any of the missing news from earlier this week. And let's get right into the discussions right after this. Today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give the Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as we bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. Where do you want to start with Euro Talks? I mean, there's a few things that kind of captured my eye. Um, can we talk about Hungary? Yes, we can talk about Hungary. I love Hungary. <laughs> you know what? Everyone, everyone counted them out, but they are there to fight. Yep. I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed. I watched the game yesterday. 
Yep. They played yesterday. Yep. And I was like, they they scored first. They you know what? And I think the their first game didn't reflect how they actually played that match. I think they, they ended up losing 3-0, but you know, it, they lost it was goals it maybe, in the last 10 minutes. And I think they were 10 minutes, yeah. I think lucky. they just got got tired at the end there. Um, but I'm so impressed with Hungary. I was like, they're done, they're out. Nope, they're not done. They're not out. I mean, I got the opportunity to cover them during our our review segment, and I went, nope, well, pretty subpar um, qualifying. But then they actually beat Iceland and Bulgaria, which aren't pushovers by any means. Um, and I did mention Marco Rossi has a fifty percent more winning record for Hungary as a manager, and hey, like he's found a way to regroup this team. Their shape is phenomenal. Like there's. You're going to get your chances, and if you don't score, then you're not getting that chance again. And that's something we saw in that Portugal game. Very lucky for the Portuguese side to sort of break them down. And I think Hungary got a little afraid of seeing Ronaldo playing against them and kind of let him go a few times. But against the French, there was no room. No. And I, you could just see – I mean, they were playing at home too, which is helpful. They've got 100% capacity in that stadium right now. But yeah. – who cares it's awesome <laughs> like they're they're not expected to win and i know like this goes on didier deschamps is you had the best lineup you could possibly put out there and you know we call them the 1a and the 1b of france or whatever the hell they're called now but how do you how do you fall flat in a game that you know you're expected to win and then there's no gimmies in this tournament but this was technically a gimme for them and it didn't happen for sure for sure so i'm super impressed with them I would love to see them get through in a third place bid, well, they'd, but they'd have to beat Germany. Yeah. Um, which after yesterday's match, Germany versus Portugal, that might be a bit of a question mark. Although, hey, you know, if Portugal struggles against France and Hungary wins one nothing, I can also see that happening because Germany. Well, I don't know what Germany I'm getting. Yeah, because the first first game Germany looked terrible, and the unfortunate yeah. own goal, whatever, but. Second game, they were unbelievable. They were. So, like, they had an own goal scored, like, you know, almost with his, but then they had two, two own with goals, the Portuguese. Yeah. And, and you know what? A lot of people say, well, it's an own goal. That shouldn't count. This goal, the score should be 2-2. Two, two. And it's like, okay, but did you look at the pressure on the own goal? For sure. They, like, Gosens had tomato for breakfast, for dinner, for lunch, for snacks, for ice cream. Like, he had them for everything. And um, I think this is a, a thing of... Nelson Semedo's flaw is that people beat him one-on-one all the time. There's right. a reason he's not playing on Barcelona right. anymore. So, um, and the German side, obviously, you know, they had Alfonso Davies when Bayern Munich played Barcelona and they ate him for all of that. And I think the experience of Joshua Kimmich and, and Tony Kroos was like, attack that side. Attack oh, for that sure. Side. For sure. Um, well, and that's why they still have them in there. You know, they need the experience because they, they talked about not having them in the Germany squad for a couple of years and yeah. or a couple of like major tournaments. And it was like, now you see why they're there. They, yeah. they bring the experience and there's something about the German squad. And I think George might be happy that I'm going to say this for him, <laughs> but they pass so elegantly. Like, uh, like when my dad was growing up, he's like, you got to pass with the carpet, carpet passing and carpet passing is like that smooth pass that you see on the grass that doesn't look like it's going to hobble. It doesn't look like it's right. not going to go to the foot. Like they're clear passes. They're so smooth, so efficient. Um, it's something that Spain wants to do, but Spain hasn't been able to do. But I have to say like the, the passing for Germany between Cruz, Kimmich, 
uh, Gundogan, Mueller, like the way that they're floating with their passes is phenomenal. Maybe not the results that they're getting from the first game, but like uh, just a true testament of how great their passing is. For sure. I agree. What other teams did you find uh, kind of interesting or surprised you? Um, the Slovakians uh out of nowhere like I'm looking at this and I went okay so Poland they were my dark horse like the one of them and and I was like they have to beat Slovakia they might struggle against Spain and they might beat Sweden and they'll be fine they'll be perfect for whatever they're looking for nah man Mary Kamschik took over (laughs) and Poland was like let's get the ball to Lewandowski but there's like three Slovaks just going no sorry buddy we're not giving you the ball um so good for them. They sit in second. They kind of lost against the Swedes on a on a penalty. And I mean, that sort of happens. Sweden but like, doesn't look great though. Sweet like no, like is this a tournament where we're not gonna see goals? Because like if you go through every group minus you know Italy in that that Germany Portugal game, and I guess Portugal, but like no one's really scored in this tournament. Like it's been a dud. It's like one goal. We have two goals. Um, you look at England, they have one goal and four points, and you're like, how is this good enough to to get you to the next round? And um, I don't know. There's just no one scoring. And, and it's it's sort of bothering me that, that we're not getting goals. So there's been a couple, um, in my opinion, controversial VAR calls. Yeah, which one in particular? Um, the penalty against... I can't even remember where, who was playing, but he went up for a header. I got I to gotta show this with my arms here. He went up for a header and he was protecting himself like this. Yeah. And um, it was against Switzerland. Is it the Italy game? No, it was. Let me look. The Wales game. I can't. There's been so many games I can't even put together who was playing. I'm trying to remember penalties. I mean, there was one yesterday and uh, Moreno missed and that, well, that's probably positive for Poland and then. Yeah, there's been a couple of missed penalties. Um, no, it wasn't. Maybe it was it. All right. Well, sure was. Well, regardless. Anyway, he's going up for a header. I'll find out who who it was. I can't remember. And I don't know. There's for me. There's been quite a few um, controversial VAR calls that are like, that's not a penalty. That's not a. You know, and I it's know like, VAR is supposed to fix the problem, but I feel like it's also causing a problem. It's causing a problem because I think the referees on the pitch know that even if they make the wrong decision, for example, it's they have VAR, the right decision, something has to back them up and, and force them to to figure it out. And you're like, okay. Um, like there was one play where I think France was offside. By, it wasn't offside. I think it is. But you're like, that's so close. If this was an actual game, the linesman didn't see it. VAR right. didn't see it. And I guess that's what they're trying to remove in the game. But, you know, one right call, you're getting two or three very poor calls. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. There's a few fouls outside of the box. And you're like, how is that not called? Right. But you're not reviewed because you can't review that because it's not a major player or whatever. And you're like, okay. But then, or like handball. Like there was one that was a deliberate handball. And they're not calling it. Right. They're like, oh, no, he's just trying to protect his face. And you're like, but his hand's out here right literally it was a polling game yesterday or something like that the guy falls but his hands are like this and narrowly misses his hands and you're like okay so if that touched his hands what will be the call be is he falling or like what's i don't know i think it's blurred very much blurred yeah and unfortunately this is the day and age of var so and i'm okay if you if you take away a call like that marginal call that makes a difference you're like okay that is an offside or that is a penalty but like 
At the same time, you have players flopping everywhere. So you're like, that looks like a penalty. And and like Ronaldo, that he had his penalty, but like he sold it. And you're like, it is a foul. And yes, I'll give it to you, but you can't sell it. Like yeah. I already know if you're gonna go down, go down right, break your fall, get back up. And and sometimes when refs see that, they don't call it. And I guess that's why they're selling it. Mm, true. But I don't know. I, I'm still, I hate VAR. I hate it. Also, can we talk about real quick? I'm sorry. Yeah. My, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Um, De Bruyne coming on for Belgium and just like oh ripping my, it up. My word. Okay. That was wild. I feel so bad for the Danish side because they were so good. Like That was so a great good. game. That was a great game. Like that first half, I think it was one stat I was looking at. They had seven shots on on towards the net and like two on target or three on target and Belgium had one and right. and the whole game like uh Simon Kejer uh you know we talked about him with with uh, the whole Christian Eriksen situation how much of a leader he was in that back he pocketed he pocketed oh, yeah. Lukaku like Lukaku had oh, yeah. one break and he was chopped twice by 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 Simon so you're you're like okay so what changes the game a world-class player he comes in takes away that that sort of oh the Danes were like, oh, crap, now we have two guys to focus on, right. not just Lukaku. Right. And so that kind of split everything away. And and the brainer just goes, oh, I'm going to score a goal and kind of walk around and go. Oh, he controlled the whole game. He came on and it was like a whole different Belgium score. Yeah, because you need someone pulling the strings. You need someone pushing your team to go forward. And we've seen this with Spain, for example, that they don't have that that right. that, that Xavi Iniesta. Like Pedri did what he could, but. I don't like their passes are like, okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to salsa oh, yeah. through all this. Oh, yeah. We're going to whatever. And then all the, all of a sudden you get to a point and there's no proper pass. There's no proper shot. And I mean, I it's think Belgium left and right, left and right. Left and, and I right. think, I think Belgium are very lucky to, to keep leading this group after that one. I think the Danes were very unlucky, but Great. there's still I, a chance. There's still a chance. I mean, Russia could lose by a massive scoreline. So go, go, go Denmark here, but go Denmark. Um, there's a possibility that can finish second. So it's not, I'd like to see it. We'll see. I like, I like the little salute for Christian Eriksen at the 10th minute as well. That was great. I thought that was very um, respectful. And I thought that was, um, but every goal that was scored was also a tribute to him as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it was nice. You saw like during the, I think it was a minute of applause or something at the 10 minute mark, you saw, you know, Lukaku and some of the Danish players like going over, you know, um dabbing each other up and fist bumping and giving hugs and stuff so i thought that was really nice it's more than the game at that point and i think i think that's what we have to realize it's like you know you have the game here's your game plan this is what we have to do you're there your enemy um yeah but at the end of the day you're you're all friends and you're all human oh my gosh can we also talk about speaking of like enemy the scotland um not scotland yeah scotland scotland england game sure did you watch the pre-game on tsn no Oh. No, I because when I messaged you about that, I was like, so what happened in the first 80 minutes? Because I was like, yeah. I told you. So so for our listeners' context, I was talking to Paige earlier that day, and I was like, listen, I have an alarm at 3 o'clock. I'm watching this whole game. I messaged her about like 75, 80 minutes into yeah. the game going, I missed it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, no I miss, you're like, how does England look? I missed the game. <laughs> so uh, the, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to tell you, but go look up the TSN pre-game um, they just do like a little, you know, their little pregame where they talk about who's going to win. And yeah, with like Kevin Kilban and then Luke, uh, and uh, I think it was Julian de Guzman on that on that day, right? Yeah. So normally it's the three of them. Yeah. 
and but it was the two the two in studio who is it Claudwell and or Caldwell oh, and, oh Stephen uh, Caldwell yeah and yeah. Uh, Luke Luke oh, I always forget his last name uh, yeah so one's British and and Caldwell played for Scotland so, yeah oh my goodness it's so funny you need to go look. just look it up I'll find a clip maybe we'll put it on our Instagram story or yeah something. someone might probably tweet it out well we'll put it out there I gotta watch it too because I missed it's the pregame it's so funny it's so funny my I was watching on the tv and my brother came up he's like what are they doing and I, I was like I gotta rewind this you gotta watch this so, so what funny. were they doing like back and forth they're just like oh my team's better than yours and yeah and and um he pulls up uh uh Caldwell pulls up to the studio in a really nice like blacked out car with the scotland flags attached to it he's in his full um kilt <laughs> like full thing they're commentating as he's walking in it's the commentary is hilarious then they make a bet with each other about who's gonna win it's it's, it's really basically good. tsn like for our listeners like tsn does this thing where they go up and beyond or they they're just super extra with everything they do and i think this kind of sounds like another uh another this thing was like it. well done this was very yeah well it done. wasn't like it wasn't like the hockey uh trade deadline situation yeah. where they like make fun of it to a point where like do i need to watch this can no, i know this was very <laughs> it was very it was funny like it was it was humorous it was quick it was it was very well done and, and it kind of set the mood for the game so it was really it was good what do you make of the the england scotland and just to get back to that um i watched the last 10 minutes and i like here's my quick analysis and correct me if i'm wrong Scotland was first to every ball. They took away all the space for England and England just couldn't penetrate anything. They just looked flat. Is that but about that, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, you summed it up. Okay. You pretty much summed up <laughs> In the 10 game minutes there. of the game. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I remember I was watching the game with my, my dad, my brother, my sister, and my mom. Like, we all sit down and watch the game. And England, left to right, left to right, left to right, left to right. No, no balls going forward. Harry Kane didn't get on a single ball. I don't think he saw the ball all game. Um, yep it's like how are you going to score like that and, and scotland's out there just grinding they didn't look great either per se like nobody really no, had no, no. nobody was like oh wow they should take this game away but oh, got they look like the team better. to take the win though like yeah. if you look at it from that perspective it was like yeah england had possession england had whatever they did but i think scotland on the counter and getting first ever ball it's like is andy robertson's going to score for a 55 yard goal or something because Jordan Pickford can't well and Billy you know? I mean freaking Billy Gilmore is covering so much ground and like which doesn't make sense because Calvin Phillips is in that midfield to do the same thing and he right. was doing the whole thing but like he was the only one looking like he wanted to be first on the ball to be the guy to shut things down and everyone's kind of kind of coasting and this sort of reminds me of that era where you expected Skulls and Lampard and Gerard and Beckham and Rooney to do the same thing and it just fell flat at the international right level. right and that's and why that's, it's not coming kind of, home until we see a change. Well, and this is kind of what I said. I had England for the pregame or the pre-Euro review episode. Yeah. I think I remember saying like, it's just going to be a matter of, they've got the talent. It's can they put it together? And I think we're seeing that it's not necessarily being put together. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, like that group hasn't done anything to really say to you that, oh, you know, it's a, we're scared of anybody yeah. here like maybe the the czech republic and that's something i told you that they play this attacking style they don't give a crap they're gonna go up they're gonna get their chances and they get their chances and they're scoring right. um that that croatia check game was amazing like, you know you were texting me going like holy shit like this is this yeah. is a good game like it was back and forth and i think it's just oh, yeah. that intensity like that's the rivalry you were expecting in the scotland england game and that one fell flat for sure i will say though uh, 
just you know to kind of sum it up a little bit this euros has been like a lot of really good games like i've been entertained by almost every game i think the only game i was kind of like this is boring was spain sweden (laughs) and well spain had the ball like 85 percent percent um possession and it was just like oh left and right and left that's the only game i think i remember being like "Mm, i don't really care to watch this one but every other game has been fantastic but like why is it that like I know Spain has their identity to play tika tika or whatever that's called, and there's something lacking. There's something lacking entirely of this team, and, and they might miss Sergio the Ramos. But Ramos isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he gonna do? Play like I don't think their defense is an issue. I I think no. you know Jordi Alba was good. Um, this combination between Pau and um, uh, Marek Laporte has been really nice to see. Uh, surprised that Marcus Lorente is playing right back. Um, but like this team isn't, they don't have bad players. It's just, what are they doing with the ball? That's effective. Yeah, but I mean, Morata can't score and you know, he, he scored. Yes. He scored he the did. goal. He but did. He scored a goal. I think that might be positive for him, especially when, when the next team against Slovakia is going to come out because the winner in that one is going to decide who's yeah. third and who's first basically. Yeah. Um, but there's something have your, lacking. have your predict prediction for who might win it changed. Has your prediction. Like when English I said, hard. <laughs> when I when I said France is going to win this, has has it changed or do you still no, think France? No, I still win think it? it's the same path. I think it's Portugal, France, if they don't end up on the same side, and and the final. I think there was enough in that Portugal game where I was like, Renato Sanchez, if he starts, that might be a difference maker against the bigger clubs because Bruno Fernandez just decides to be invisible in big games, and it, we we saw it again. But right. you take away those. Uh, own goals um, and try and contain that pressure on the right side. Diego Dallo should start BT dubs. Um, you can avoid it. And I think it's a good thing that both clubs got a setback now. Right. And so I clubs, think they bounce countries, countries, sorry, sides. <laughs> um, but it's a good thing that they, they see like France got the, they got a little taste of no one's going to be a pushover. Right. Germany, you were lucky to come out with a win against Germany, even though, you know, neither team was, exciting or probably the better team but mm-hmm. um same thing in that portugal like portugal germany it's a semi-final quarterfinal matchup you can't do that next time so take take this as a loss and move on and just be like this is what we need to work on so it's not changing for me how about you no uh, no i still think france could take it I, if belgium plays like they do with de bruyne i think belgium could take it yeah 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 I think a hel- and it's good that he's transitioning back slowly. I still don't think he starts next game. No. Um, just sort of like bring him back in. But Well, and I think they back. literally only brought him on last game because they were like, we need to win this game and we don't look great. And he made he was the difference maker in that game yep. for sure. Yep. So I, I could see them taking they're it. They're also not really trying. I don't think I've seen Belgium. No, they're not full force yet. They're they're still in second or third. They've not gone to fifth or sixth. No, so. and I think same thing with France. They haven't hit a gear. They're still trying to figure it out. I mean, they're running an attack with Kareem Benzema, and I think maybe the next game try try uh, Olivier Giroud up there. Yeah, maybe throw Giroud in. We'll see. Yeah, switch it up. But I do like how they're they're interchanging between Griezmann. He's not stuck on a wing. He's actually fluidly moving around, and there's they're good. They're very good. Yeah. Don't deny that. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of people miss the fact that you mentioned it, that Hungary did a f- great job. Great job. Great um, job. What do you make of the Italians? They haven't really had a challenge. Is that no, is that fair and, to say? Yeah, I would say I I would say I would agree with that. I don't think they've been really pressed yet. Um, they've looked 
better than I thought they were going to look. And I mean, the game is on now. I'll, I'll go check it out after we're done this, uh, yeah. our little chat. But yeah. um, I think this game might be a little bit more of a challenge for them. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they step up to the plate, but I don't think I it's going to be. Steamroll. They, they, yeah. I feel like they won't even have a problem with, with Wales. I mean, you shut well, down that's what Ramsey, I mean. you shut down Bale and you're like, uh, who's playing. <laughs> and Wales didn't look good their first game at all. So no. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, when Italy really does get tested, when they go against a Germany or a France or a Belgium or a, you yeah. know, that's the biggest question mark is can they yeah. play with the heavyweight? I mean, they're undefeated in the last 29 games. So let's hope it continues mm-hmm. for a lot of our Italian fans listening. Definitely. Um, uh, surprising team. Is it the Netherlands? Am I, am I the only one that thinks I'm surprised by the Dutch winning this group or leading this group? Or, Cause I was, I was very low on them. Um, still am a little, but. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't get what you said. It, it froze a little there. Um, what I said was, you know, are you surprised with Netherlands like I am? I mean, I didn't expect them to win this group or lead this group by any means. I, I am. I think we doubted them in our our Euro pre pre chat. Yeah. Um, but my biggest surprise is Hungary. They're my biggest surprise. <laughs> I'm I'm a hungry fan now. I'm cheering for them. But yeah, I, I would agree. I think I think Netherlands. Um, I mean, you really did doubt them because you don't like the coach. Yeah, but I'm still doubting them because I don't know if they're they're ready for the next. Like, okay, no, no offense to, to Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine brought that game to them. They're very unlucky not to come out with a point, for example, mm-hmm. there. And then I think the Austrians just weren't good. And I, I think the Dutch capitalized on that. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they've had games where they've shown up and they've played well. And I mean, you know, Gigi Wijnaldum and Memphis Depay played well. Um, yeah. Dumfries has been a revelation. He's probably going to get picked up by a big team. Um, they're playing well. I mean, my question mark still comes down to Frank DeBoer is, is can he coach in a big game situation? They haven't had a big name team face them. Like, okay, what happens if you face Italy, for example, or you face Spain, if Spain makes it through, like those are teams that actually a little bit better than the teams in your division yeah. player by player in your group. Sorry. Division group. It's hockey. And <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, they'll win the group. I, I mean, I'm very happy to see them do well. I'm a huge Dutch fan to begin with. I mean, our VP years are in Robin years, but um, I'm still yeah. going to put a little question mark. And if he can do it, then I will come out and full on say that I'm wrong. For sure, and I want to we'll be see. told and I want to be able to say that I'm wrong. Yeah, definitely. at the moment, I haven't been told otherwise. We'll see what happens. Some big games today, some big games tomorrow. Um, yeah. Lots of Euro action for you. If you haven't, if you haven't seen any yet for all the listeners out there, Go watch the Euros. It's yeah, exciting. It is exciting. Co- Copa America is on as well, but you know. Euros. I mean, it is cool. You know what? Let's quickly just talk about that. I mean, Messi looks like Messi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, I think Brazil looks like Brazil and looks everyone like else. Is, and I think Chile's had a good quiet tournament. Um, sure. uh, you know, uh, biggest storyline. And I know you and I kind of discussed this a couple of weeks back was there's so a lot of doctors are questioning the fact that the tournament is being held in Brazil because the COVID cases in Brazil haven't stopped. They're just behind the U S with over, I think it's just over half a million people that have been affected or have passed or something that is a ridiculously high number. Um, Do you think that tournament should have continued in South America or should they have gone to a neutral spot? Maybe in, in, maybe not the U S but wherever country. Brazil wants the tournament to be there um, probably for, for 
money purposes and things right. like that. But I, I think for health and safety, I mean, that's why we saw the Euro adjust, you know, they're not in one country this, this year, they're in multiple different countries. So yeah. I think they needed because travel's allowed that that just yeah. clarify that I think travel's allowed I don't think there's travel allowed in South America no no for sure but at least bring it to a country that's a little bit more safe in this time but like who who's safe I think you know Argentina or like you was... said a neutral location maybe it's not in yeah. South America maybe it's it's in you go to the u.s it's, the it's same in issue. europe i don't know <laughs> yeah but then then you're right i don't know like i i think this is this was the the best case scenario was to put it in a country that has the facilities ready yeah and hope that the well i think don't that's why that's why they did what they did and they pushed forward with it because it's yeah. not fair it's not fair to have the euros go and, and not have copa america when yeah. they've been they've been going through the same stuff everybody else has yeah. so there who's your copa america winner let's predict it it's usually the game after on tsn <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe I would like to see Messi take it, but I don't know if Argentina's got the firepower this this year. Um, um yeah, I, I think I think it could be a year where it's a massive question mark because I think I don't know with Brazil. It's they have so much going forward, but if they come up against Argentina, who's really gonna shut them down? Are you gonna put Casemiro on Messi? Sure, sure. But we'll see. I don't know. Who do you think is going to take I'm it? I'm going to say Brazil because they've okay. every every time the, the tournament's been on home, so they've sort of shown and played well and won right. most of the time, or I think all of the time. So, um, statistics wise, like I said, the safe pick is Brazil. The sexy sure. pick, the sexy pick, uh, the sexy that's the sexy pick. <laughs> that might be, I, I think, don't don't sleep on the Uruguayans, don't sleep on um, the Chileans because yeah. uh, when it's in a tournament in this heat and this weather, I think. I think they have the grit. You never it. know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, anything else, Copa or Euro related? Do you want to quickly just talk a bit about England? I know I'm biased to this because I want them to do well, but um, there was a comment made by Wayne Rooney that it's time that Sir Garrett Southgate drops Phil Foden from the starting lineup because his mentality is, you know, small intricate passes and not the let me try and dribble through. And he, his justification was saying, you know, uh, Phil Foden hasn't really left city since he's come up. He's sort of kind of been that mold player that Pep wants to, to build and, and turn into that David Silva that I always say. Um, and he says, you know, put Jack Grealish, put Jaden Sancho on They're They're trained to kind of take on a defender and make a dribble and make a play. What do you make of, the former England captain and now Derby coach. I okay, so I don't think the solution is take Foden out. I think the solution is take Sterling out. Or yes. I I think Grealish or Sancho should be on the field. I think they've they've earned it. They're different style players, but I don't think Foden needs to come out. I think he's he's looked creative. He's been creating opportunities. He's he's covering a lot of ground. I I think you know, you've got a great player like Kane up there who they're not getting the ball to, you know, so. It's the same thing at Spurs. It's He has to come and receive it. And you're exactly. like, but I don't want you running 60 to 80 yards. Right. So I think, I don't think that's the solution. I disagree with Rooney in that aspect. I think, I think he's a bright spot for that England yeah. squad. Um, I would like to see Sancho and Grealish get on, on the field as well, because I think they do deserve to be on the field. But I don't think taking Foden is the answer. Taking Foden out is the answer. Yeah, no, I, I same thing. I've been on this. I don't think Graham Sterling should have even been picked on the squad. But I mean, you right. look at how many injuries are out and who Garrett Southgate 
sort of trusts on his side and it's not anyone on that bench unfortunately like right um fun little thing I, I sent this picture to to Paige I think a couple of weeks ago where two weeks ago where I kind of create recreated the Euro tournament and I was like oh crap my first round matchup is against Germany and England yeah so I played the game yesterday because I was like I'm bored let me, let me yeah. just play like a game I was down two nil in the span of 20 minutes into the game and I put it on whatever level it was I was like all-star or something and I was like okay this sucks so I changed the formation to a back five took Harry okay. Kane out Okay, bear with me. Put Harry Kane out, didn't start Sterling, and put Calvert-Lewin in for pace. I, I scored three goals in a span of five minutes. I believe it. Right? So I know it's just a video game and it's not real life, but maybe Garrett Southgate should go back to a back five. But I agree. I don't disagree. Put I the think- width on. Put the width on. Then you have people covering the little gaps that is being created by Trippier and, and Walker when they go forward. Um, you already have two pivot midfielders in Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, and then right. have fun in the front. And and, and Phillips covers so much ground. Oh yeah, my and I mean, God. and you can even drop uh, Declan Rice and put Jack Grealish in there. Sure. And and pivot there if you want to see some more movement, or if Henderson's healthy, Henderson and Grealish would be a good midfield combination. So there's so much they can do, but I feel like he's stuck in his ways that I have to give Sterling a chance. I have to put Kane out. I have to put this guy out. I have to put right. this guy out. Um. And we talked about his de- the defense being an issue, but I don't think it's the defense at the moment. It's it's, it's not getting the ball where they need to be getting. They're going left and right and left and right and left and right. Nothing is happening. It works in hockey. It does not work in soccer. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little yeah. different. But yeah. let's see how they do going forward. Maybe he makes some changes. I'd like to see some changes made, but I'm not the coach. So no, I mean you play you play the Czech Republic, so you know a point is enough to to I guess get you through um and a win is to get you to first but i don't think they'll score that's the problem but getting second getting second isn't a bad thing no and i've said this from the beginning it might be your easiest way not to face a germany portugal in the first round or france in the first round yeah but we'll see what happens we'll see anything else before we we move on we're good all right, so today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. We will catch you after this quick break. What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you've come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday, right here on Garage Door Sports. We'll get right into our off the bench segment. Five major stories from this past week or so. Um, one player might be mentioned about three times, so bear <laughs> bear with us with this one because he's made the news for good things and some bad things, or some okay things. Agua, um, agua. <laughs> uh, Genero Gattuso will not be the new Tottenham manager. His 23 day stint at Fiorentina will make the former World Cup winner and a free agent manager looking for a new club. Spurs were in advanced talk with Paulo Fonseca before the quote-unquote interest in Gattuso, but looks like neither of the men are going to be the new coach. 
On that note, uh, Ronaldo has become the highest male goal scorer at the Euros with 12 goals. We emphasize male in this situation. Um, he passed Michel Platini against Hungary and scored another versus Germany. He trails Iran's um, Ali Dai by a couple of goals um, as a leading international goal scorer on the men's side. Men's side. Um, Ronaldo is now playing in his fifth Euro, new record as it stands. Um, however, CR7 trails about nine to 10 women goal scorers for the most international goals of all time, Christine Sinclair being one of those uh, names, proud Canadian. Um, in other news, Ronaldo, uh, CR7, has, um, has, <laughs> he has 300 million Instagram followers. That's more than Ariana Grande. That is wild. He has the most Instagram followers. <laughs> it blows <Yeah>. my mind. <laughs> he's influential. Is he the, high, he's not the highest paid athlete though. That's the... I don't know. I don't know no, the stat about that. I think it's Leo. Anyway, back to. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Sergio Ramos will no longer be a Real Madrid player following his emotional exit speech earlier this week. The question is, where does he end up at the age of 35? Valuable asset wherever he goes. Big questions. Um, Bottlegate has sparked some controversy at the Euros as Ronaldo, Pogba, McGinn, and uh, Yarmolenko have made comments or moved the Heineken and Coke bottles from the podium, which it's kind of wild, but uh, manager of Spain, Luis Enrique, uh, started bottle ga- the bottle gate incident uh, a day earlier, but CR7 obviously made it kind of famous, his little agua. Uh, stocks dropped for Coke immediately. That was insane. I also saw a picture um, of Coke starting to sell. It was that two liter Coke bottle taped with a bottle of water. <laughs> um, I Marketing think to, scheme. Yeah. So it's kind of wild how that became the thing. And I, you know, you saw Pogba move the Heineken and, well, and um, he did that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Muslim. So yeah. there was a um, actual purpose to that. Um, yeah. But I also read that they asked them to stop moving the sponsor bottles. They did. The they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if they do that, then they need to be cognizant of players who say, well, we don't drink. So take that away. And exactly. Just have the Heineken symbol behind you and not the For bottle. sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, that does it for today. Any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I think we emphasized um, that Ronaldo is the male leading <laughs> not the female leading and not the all-time leading i think we need to um yes. just remember that yes. soccer fans out there and and the reason i laugh is not because of the situation but more so the comments that were coming in and uh with on twitter were like uh well he's the best of all time goal scorer blah 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 and i was like well there's a list of nine to ten yeah very good goal scores because if we're talking all time you're including everyone of every gender and identity for sure um i've got I, christine sinclair abby wambach mia ham uh i think carly lloyd is above him yeah martha is above him right Martha's now alex morgan's above him. Alex him. morgan um and then yes i know people the argument is that you know the women's side plays a little bit more international games but we have not they haven't played the last two years no. or three years and ronaldo's had a few chances so let's just uh let's hold the horses um he's not catching a lot of the, the the wonderful athletes on our, our goal scoring list. Um, he will be the highest men's goal scorer. Yes, there's no sure. doubt about it. Um, but let's let's put it into context a little bit better. Yeah, it's 2021, people. Let's go. Let's move on. What about you? Any final thoughts? Uh, what were you supposed to remind me of? 
I told you oh, how to find Sandra Bullock. Okay, so Sandra Bullock. Okay, so I've decided I have this huge crush on her the last couple of weeks. Okay, this is totally random as I also have a different tea today. Different anyway, tea. Okay, point it's, not, it's not lemon pound cake. No, it's a vanilla rooibos red tea. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Super good, super sweet without sugar and anything like that. Anyway, back to my Sandra Bullock <laughs> point. Um, I've been rewatching a lot of her old movies because I have this massive crush on her. I think she's absolutely wonderful. Um, but I watched Miss Congeniality the other day while I was like taking a break and I was like, man, men suck. Um, just when the they whole, do the whole makeover, the whole makeover on the screen, but then the fact that they're objectifying, oh, she's hot, she's not, and I'm like, did I really like this movie growing up? And I think yeah. that's just the, I think it's just the culture of, of us growing up was like, that was acceptable For at sure. that time. But like, now I'm looking at it going, oh, this movie would not fly again. Like there's so well. many, like, yes, Sandra Bullock's in there. Yes. She's like, her singing, you want me? No, no, no. And I'm like, yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. But, <laughs> but um, the fact that they like, they're, they're like, the stereotypical everything is in that movie and it's like great it's a comedy it's a rom-com but like I don't think it would fly now but I still love Sandra Bullock so that was my random great great and blindside she was fantastic lady we love her yeah she she plays different roles I mean you watch her in speed you watch her in two weeks notice it's like different roles but like I think that sort of era of movies is gone. And is two weeks notice the one where she's like working with a lawyer? Yeah, with Hugh Grant. She's a lawyer for two weeks and then has a massive crush on him and he likes her. And yeah, it's cute. But it was also like, that doesn't fly. (laughs) That doesn't fly. But I think we can also say that about a lot of movies in the 90s and the 80s that are considered cult classics that just for sure wouldn't ex- like i think if the review board went back i'm on a tangent please stop me if the review <laughs> board went back they'd be like oh no thank you anyway we'll do that i'll leave it there awesome so uh on that note <laughs> little sandra bullock and some some rubus isn't tea it's rubus yeah but i call it tea because it says on the, the package it's tea okay, so i'm going with well, the- falsely labeled yeah, it's like rooibos red tea yeah 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 it's from South Africa, actually. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's really good for athletes. Fun fact. Um, I'm an athlete. You are an athlete. <laughs> okay. Back to back to real stuff. Okay. All right. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a like or leave a rating. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Touchline TH. You can follow me at underscore Culver underscore page um, and Irfan at Irfan Manji. Um, don't forget to follow our network at garage door sports or check out garagedoorsports.com and follow our segment sponsor shenzi shack on instagram to place an order or to see their menu thank you all for listening and we will see you next match day cheers